Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. We talked about this whole idea. I mean, if you've ever been into a, an art gallery or a museum where there's just works of art from around the world, it's, it's always interesting when you're gazing on a piece of art and you're asking yourself, what in the world was this artist thinking? Um, and some of it makes more sense than others, right? Some of it, you're like, you're pretty confident if you just rotated it 90 degrees, it would have the same impact for you. But regardless, there's this sense of what was in the heart, what was in the intent, the thought process of the creator. And, and, and oftentimes with paintings, you, you'll see a, a little scribble somewhere on the canvas that has the numbers on it of how many are just like it. You know, one out of 200, one out of 1,000. But the, tr- the, the real masterpieces, the ones that, um, that, that stand the test of time, they're, they're What's amazing about them is that they're most of the time one out of one, never before replicated, never before made, and never again will be made just like that one. It's got a touch to it. It's got a, um, an intentionality about it. And I, I love that kind of as we enter into that thought, when we read Paul's words to the Ephesians, we kind of get the same glimpse and the same feeling about our identity in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Some of you are familiar with this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. For we are God's masterpiece. Can, you, we just, can you just say that? Can you just say, I am God's masterpiece? Just say it. 
Let's do it again. Some of you didn't believe it as you said it that time. I'm going to give you one more shot and just own it. I am God's masterpiece. Isn't that wild? Isn't it just crazy even trying that on for size? Some of you are like, wow, that just feels strange to think about it like that. I feel a little self-conscious, but it's okay. You are God's handiwork. You are the workmanship of God. And it's, it's amazing to think about the DNA, the likeness and the image of God running in our blood, in our veins, in our very design. And I, and I love that we get to talk about this even on Sanctity of Life Sunday and as we're dedicating our children earlier, that we get to talk about the value of life, the value of our design, that it is good to be human, okay? It is a good thing to be human. If that weren't the case, Jesus wouldn't have come in human flesh. Jesus came incarnate. To show us that, listen, your design is good and I'm coming to redeem your original design. It is a good thing to be human. And I, I want us to just kind of take a step in this today. And I um, want to invite someone to come and read a passage of the Psalms. If you have the microphone. Jeanette, would you please come up? And I want us to just take a step into this here today. She's going to read a passage from Psalm 139 and across the room even now. Can we close our eyes across, across the room? And I want you to think of this from the perspective of the psalmist. He, 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 he has the revelation that something else is going on here. And he begins to sing of the intent of God. His heart is moved to put pen to paper and to put a melody to this idea because it's that moving. As she reads this, would you internalize the words and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. And if I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed me, my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden for you, or from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, you your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, 
when as yet there was none of them. Oh God, you search me and you know me. Isn't it wonderful to be searched out by God? By the Spirit of God. And it's amazing because we spend, the human race, we spend a lot of time searching for meaning. And I, don't, I would doubt that there's one person in this room who hasn't at one time asked a question. What in the world is this life all about? What are we doing here? Like, what does my life mean? What, what, what is the significance? What is the purpose of any of these things? And we spend a lot of time searching. And you know that just one walk through Barnes & Noble, you'll see that, Right? And we're writing about this, we're exploring about this, we're, we're exploring it through philosophy. We explore it through scientific discipline. We explore it through, you know, religious um, uh, introspection. We search inside, we search outside. And what's amazing about being human is that now, we're really the only species that are, are able not only to live, but to think about the way that we're living. You ever think about that? There is no other species, there's no other created being that is both living and then thinking about the quality of their life and thinking about the purpose of their being, right? I mean, I, sometimes I wonder with the cats in my house what they're thinking, I really don't think they care, honestly. <laughs> Pretty sure they don't care about anything. But you think about, like, even a houseplant. There's no houseplant, you know. It's, it's, it's doing its purpose. It's growing. But there's no houseplant that's like, you know what? What am I even doing here today? I'm just sitting on a ledge. Gosh, I've been doing this forever, right? It doesn't happen. But we get to actually think about the way we were designed, which is a very human thing. This is the way that God made us. He drew us in. And, and so we have this innate curiosity. It's good to be curious. I love the way that he designed us to be curious, to ask questions that even challenge status quo, to ask questions that challenge systems and structures. And so we have this curiosity that leads us into searching. But it's amazing that in our searching, that it's almost like God meets us in our searching and says, hey, hey, hold on. You know, I've done a little searching myself. Like, I've done, I've done a little, I've done some searching myself. I've searched you out. I've searched out the far reaches of the galaxy. And this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, have, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Okay? I want to read this in the message now. This is really beautiful. The Spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning, except you yourself. The same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. 
God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he is giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God who taught us person to person through Jesus. And we're passing it on to you in the same firsthand personal way. Isn't that beautiful? That we're not going off the world's best guesses. God has an invitation. The God who searches all things. The Spirit of God who searches, who knows the mind of God, is inviting us in. And so it's, it's, it's amazing because when we start you know, t- talking about this whole masterpiece idea and growing in our identity, it's not our best exercise in searching out all of the world's best guesses. God's saying, hey, listen, I know you want to do the searching, but I've made this a little easier for you. I've done all the searching. It's, it's, it's done. I've done the searching. So whether, rather than exhaust your, en- your energy doing the searching, how about you just ask me what I think? Because I'm opening the books to you to know the mind and the heart of God. Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? That is unbelievable that we serve a God who has searched all things and knows all things. And so there's constant invitation for him, from him to us to know the thoughts, to know the mind of God. And, and, and I, love, I love that because when we go back to Psalm 139, this passage I've been meditating on this week when talking about our frame, he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you ever think how odd that word fearfully is? Has it ever struck you? You think about, he's singing about God and the way he made us and God made us fearful. He fearfully made us. What does that mean? God was full of fear as he made us? You ever think about that? That's, that's a strange idea. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And, that, and we know that word fearfully doesn't necessarily mean full of fear, but the Hebrew word Yare, Y-A-R-E, actually means to stand in awe of, to honor. And it, and it does, in certain senses, mean to be filled with fear. And, and I, I, I've been, I was wrestling with that this week. What in the world? Why would God, why would that be? And I just had this picture of an engineer, just like an engineer or an artist. But take an engineer, for instance, or somebody who's creating something that he intends to be good for the world. And in, just as an engineer that maybe is working on a new piece of technology that's going to bring a massive amount of good into the world, as he's building it, as he's pulling it together, as he's writing the code, as he's talking about the details, he wants to make sure everything is right. He's creating it with a sober-mindedness. And you could say he's creating it fearfully because he knows, he knows what he's creating it for. And I think in the same way, we have to kind of come back to this place that not only were we created in the utmost intention of God and intricately woven in God, but he created us. Um, we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good works he planned for us to do. He created us in love so that we would, we would love, right? So that we would do the good works. And so he created us fearfully because he knows what he created us for. Do you guys feel that? Do you guys sense that? That is an awesome idea, that God created us in that way. And so, kind of picking up where we were off last week, we are talking about this idea. This starts with listening to God. And all throughout Scripture, God speaks. And we have to be at this place where we understand He's still speaking. God, the Holy Spirit of God is still speaking. He still speaks to our hearts. And in Scripture, 
Um, it, it says that the language of God is expressed in all kinds of ways. In Romans, it talks about even looking at creation. We see the language of God. We see the heart and intention of God. He speaks to us through dreams. He speaks to us through prophetic words, through the community of saints. He speaks to us through, through leaders and, and sometimes visions and, and whispers. And sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's quiet, right? And in the scripture, it just keeps going on and on. You got writing on the wall, hands appearing out of nowhere. You got donkeys that are talking, right? And so God spares no expense when it comes to creative language, okay? Just so you know, he spares no expense. And obviously, like, we are people of the word of God. We believe that the, the scripture is authoritative. We're about to talk about that here in a second. But we have to kind of start at this, at that. We have to, you know, for, for those of us who haven't taken that step yet, there's this place with understanding if God is still speaking that I, I need to wake up every day expecting that there may be something he wants to say today. And I know that for some of us, that's very basic, but I'm, I'm just saying, you guys, this is a foundation. There is no such thing as a disciple of Jesus without one that can't hear, with one that cannot hear his voice. Okay, we cannot be students of a historical Jesus following good ideas about a guy who lived 2,000 years ago. That's not being a disciple of Jesus. That's respecting a guy who is historical. Disciples are ones that hear his voice because we know that Jesus is still alive and active and speaking. Okay? Okay, we do not serve a dead God, okay? And there's the Christianese that can put around this that kind of puts God on a shelf and he only speaks these ways, I'm telling you. Yes, God speaks through his word, but we have to wake up with an expectation and anticipation that God is still on the move and he's still inviting us into that move, all right? I want to take just a look at a few of these things. Um, I won't be able to spend a lot of time and I'm going to explain here in a little bit one of the fun things that we got to do, um, that I got to help work on, is a cool resource that goes along with this. And you'll see the table in the back here after the service. But we developed this ebook um, that talks about a lot of the things we're talking about. It has like seven different exercises for finding ways that God speaks to you and how to listen to his voice and actually journal out some things that he maybe has spoken to you over your lifetime or things that he's wanting to speak to you. I'm just going to focus on um, a few of those right now. And, um, and then, and then I, I believe that, that God is going to continue to stir this up and lead you to some new places. And so, you know, one of the things that you saw at the beginning of the service, even with the children, when we were praying for the children, and some of our ministry team was praying for the children, some of them would get scriptures or words. And what I love about, um, <clears throat> what I love about um, the Word of God is that all of it is profitable, okay? So First uh, Timothy I'm sorry, 2 Timothy says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. I'm a, I'm, I, I think I can't under-emphasize under, uh, the importance of what it, uh, the importance of just being a student of the word of God, okay? And uh, I, I really enjoyed last year, I'm doing it again this year, just even the practice of not only just daily Bible reading, but reading through the breadth of the Word of God in the course of a year. I believe all of it is a picture of the story of what God was doing for all of time. And it helps us find, it helps us ground our place in the work of Jesus in this world, the rule, the rule and the reign of God. But one of the cool things about Scripture is that we, as we read it, and some of you have this experience, there's certain Scriptures that, that seem to just jump out of the page and just get legs of their own, right? They have a heartbeat of their own, and, and and I'll explain that, but 
Um, we refer, refer, sometimes refer to these things as, as legacy scriptures. Sometimes you can call them life verses, but there's scriptures that alone seem to you to, that God is highlighting something. He's breathing life into a passage um, for you to find a new footing. And so you heard that some of these, um, the families, that they re- received scriptures for their little ones. And, and that's, a good, that's like a good practice to take those scriptures and actually write those down and pull them out year after year and say, is this becoming true? Are you stepping in to the scripture? Is this something that God is still speaking to you? Um, but when we look at the word of God, there's, in the Greek, there's a couple different words for the word, word. That was horribly confusing, I understand. Okay, so there's the word, word. There's logos, and there's rhema, okay? And there seems to be just kind of, there's different perspectives on these, but I think, I think most scholars would agree. Uh, logos, the written word of God, it refers to Jesus as the logos as well. Jesus is logos, the word that came in flesh, right? But then there's another word, there's rhema, and, and, and most scholars believe that rhema has to do with this, um, this the alive, the, the spoken word of God. The word of God that just, it, it takes a new life of its own. And sometimes you've had that experience, you're reading the Bible, you're reading the word, and then there's that phrase, or that word, or that scripture, that passage, that it just seems like you didn't ask for it, but it just, it came and found you. You thought you were reading it, it decided it wanted to read you. And that's the rhema word of God. And we have to pay attention to when that happens. Because when the Bible says that it's, you know, the, the, the word of God is, is alive and active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It discerns soul and spirit. This is what we're talking about. It's the rhema word of God. And over the course of our lives, as we're reading the scripture, God is going to take something. He's going to say, this I want to highlight to you, either for your encouragement or for your direction or for your grounding or for your comfort. Or for, you know, for a rebuke on some, or a challenge on some levels, right? And he takes these things. And so knowing our legacy scriptures is a big deal. I'm really grateful that I had a really cool story for one of the scriptures in my life. As I, you know, started writing down scriptures that have meant a lot to me or things that have spoken over me. I'll just tell you how this works in me. See, back in 1983, um, uh, my parents, they were pretty much new believers, Okay? Jesus came out of the, the, you know, Jesus movement. These were just, my parents, hardcore hippies, okay? They still are, all right? Still are. I love them. But one of the coolest things is there was this night in 1983, my dad was writing a song, right? And he was in scripture. He's just writing songs out of the scripture. And, and he was opened up to the book of Isaiah. Because that's, that's really a good place to start if you're a hippie turned Christ follower, like, Isaiah is a really good place to start, okay? Like most of the time I say, start in the Gospel of John. But if you're a hippie, turn to Christ, follow it. You know what? You're going to want to start in Isaiah. It's just trippy enough for this to work for you, right? <laughs> Maybe go to Revelation after that, right? <laughs> you get some four-headed beasts and eyes. I mean, it's going it's, it's gonna, to it's gonna blow your mind, right? It'll be just a nice, easy transition from here. And so he's, he's writing in the book... He's writing, and he's in Isaiah 40, and he's writing this passage. You know, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. You know, make a highway for our God. And he starts, he, he ends up writing this song. He's in the middle of this song called Clear the Way. And then my mom yells from across the house, honey, like, I'm in pain right now. I think I need to go to the hospital, you know, and I, 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 don't, I forget the details of the story. I'll have to ask him later, but... 
he's in the middle of a song, so I'm guessing he's finishing his song, right? She's like, no, I'm about to give birth. Like, you need to get me to the hospital. And so a few hours later, I was, I was born on that night. And it was always a cool thing for me to actually think about, even on the night I was born. My dad wrote a song based on Isaiah 40, right? This, this idea of, of having a heart and an attitude of, of being able to walk into a desert place and announce the coming of Jesus and, and to make straight and to make smooth and to level out and all the high places need to come here, all the low places need to come here and, and to be able to live a life that is just announcing and proclaiming the rule and the reign of Jesus. And so, you know, on one hand you could say, oh, that was a cool song, but what does it have to do with your life? On the other hand, I think of that and I say, you know what, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that as my own, I'm going to take that as a scripture, because I want to live that kind of life. I want to be a voice that's even able to speak into wilderness places and say, I, I decide to live a life, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm actually talking or not talking, but just through I'm living, I want, to, I want to live in a way that I can walk into a place and say, this place needs to even out because Jesus is about to land here. And I'm just giving you a, just a glimpse. And there was another, when I was in sixth grade, the same thing happened. I, I remember the first time for myself when I was reading and I opened up to the book of Jeremiah and there's just this beautiful passage in chapter one that says, you know, it's the same kind of idea. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I appointed you as a prophet, as a mouthpiece to the nations. Don't say that you are too young. You know, and there was this thing that rose up in me that is, I just realized, man, there's something in here that's, for me, like I love the rest of this, but there's something in here that I think God wants me to anchor myself into, right? And so we have to learn to write those things down. And some of you have those scriptures from your walk with Jesus. Some of you have yet to find them. And, and, and they expand over time. But that we be the type of people who are heeding the words of God and actually taking seriously what he's speaking, what he continues to speak. You guys with me on that? Um, and then prophetic words in 1 Corinthians 14.3 says the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And, and we do believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We do believe in the community of saints that God doesn't reserve his voice just for the leaders. Okay? You guys hear me on that? That we are a kingdom of priests. It says this is the priesthood of all believers. We believe in the giftedness of the saints. Okay? So that means that when God speaks to the body, he speaks through all of us and not just through a couple people. Okay? So it, it involves us understanding that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts according to different graces. And Jesus distri- distributes different gifts as well. And one of those gifts is the gift of prophecy. We have classes here that help people take a step into what is maybe some, what are the, some of the scriptural foundations of prophecy? How can you actually get started and, and have permission in a safe place to learn to hear from God and hear from the Holy Spirit and just speak that out, right? And honestly, our desire is that all of us, even Paul says, I desire that all of you prophesy, that, there's, you, that you're all eager to do this. And there's a prophetic thing that I think God wants to continue to distribute to the church that we're listening for each other as well, all right? Now, I should say, you know, as we are listening to God in all these different ways, we do want to make sure that we're using the other gift that he gives us called discernment, right? So not everybody, everything somebody speaks to you in the name of prophecy is from God. Can, I, can we just throw that out there? Okay, so your job to receive something that somebody felt like was from God is to also take that and to bring it back to God and, and ask them if, if there's substance to this, right? And again, we have classes that talk all about this. I'm just giving you a snapshot that God speaks prophetically to us, again, through his word, through other voices in our life, 
And, and our job is to listen for that and expect to hear that because in that he shapes our unique design, our identity in him. That's how we kind of come to understand certain things about us or maybe um, words of prophecy are used, again, for specific encouragement or specific direction for just a season in our life. But I, I believe that the reason that we need to talk about this is because a lot of times these things come and go. We share a lot of things with each other, and not all of us are diligent to actually record and capture and write these things down. And part of our ongoing growth and development, if we really want to understand our identity as masterpieces created in Christ Jesus, we have to be diligent in taking that seriously, right? And that part, part of that's writing that down. Dreams are the other one, a, another one, I should say. And we've, we've talked about this before. We've preached about this before. You spend a third of your life sleeping, okay? A third. Um, so much of the Bible is, is revealed in dreams and visions. The thing about dreams is that it's just not rational, us, rational enough for us in the West. So we just kind of see it as peripheral to life in the real world. Whatever the real world actually means, we define what we think the real world means. And it turns out God likes all of us, even our subconscious, all right? So this crazy dreams you're having, it might not just be the bad pizza you ate last night. That's what I'm saying. And all throughout Scripture, God desires for his people to dream. Acts 2.17, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Are, are we praying that prayer? Do, you, do we want our children to dream dreams and to see visions? Do we want to be that kind of community? Then we have to expect to encounter God in that way too, that God speaks to our dreams. Now, like my wife, she has several dreams a night, right? Some of them are just wild. Like, honey, I don't know what that means at all. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard, but you should probably write it down, right? And some of them are kind of clear. It's like, okay, I think the Holy Spirit might be saying that through this dream. I don't know, let's... So at least write it down and see what he might continue to say. Let's explore that, right? Not me. I mean, I, I, when I dream, like, I know it's from God. Like, when I remember my dreams, I, I've been remembering more, but, like, I know it's from God. Like, last, the best I can do in my sleep is I sleepwalk, right? So last night, I, my wife's like, honey, what are you doing walking around the room? And I'm like, I wake up, oh, I guess I'm sleepwalking. I'm sorry, I'll get back in bed. It literally happened last night. I'm just like walking around. I thought I was looking for a door or something like that. I don't know. Who knows, man? Sleep is funny to me. But what I'm saying, though, is the language of God. Okay, the language of God. And he speaks. And we, we, you know, when he speaks in different ways, whether it's prophecy or dreams or or other other types of things, we do, we do need to be faithful in in comparing it to the, the truth of the word of God as we understand it, and, and welcome in wise counsel in this sermon. I can't underemphasize that enough, or overemphasize that enough. Um, the importance of pulling people into helping us, hearing from God together, that happens in community. That doesn't just happen in isolation. That's great that God gave you something very specific. But walk that out with people that love you and know you, and ask them if that resonates with them as well. It's a good practice to be in, because we get to hear from God as a community of saints. We Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm teaching through, you know, several different things. And so the, the last thing I'm going to say is this. All throughout Scripture, one of the, one of the re- constant reminders that God gives, especially in the Old Testament, was, was the um, instruction and the command to remember. And you think about when God spoke to them, you know, Moses on Mount Sinai. He could have just told him the Ten Commandments. 
So I'm just remembering this, this, is No, he, he wrote it on stone tablets. He, wrote, he actually wrote down these commandments. I want you to take these crazy heavy stone tablets back down with you because I don't want you to forget what I just said. We are forgetful, okay? Some of you, you've probably experienced some things in the last month that you would even consider miraculous. Or maybe you've experienced provision or maybe you've experienced... Um, the hand of God or the work of God in your life. But how many of you had that experience where like two weeks later, you're back in that same thing of, does God even love me? It's like, I, I think as a people, the noise and the speed of our life contributes to us being disconnected from the history of the work of God in our life. Listen, you have, the, the way that you overcome that is by um, taking up new practices. And one of those is actually writing things down. Very specifically, write it down. Don't just receive it like you would a birthday card. Like, oh, that's great. You know, maybe pin it on a refrigerator, you know, or you throw it away two weeks later. You don't throw it away right away, even though you know you're going to throw it away later. You, you keep it for two weeks, and then you throw it away, right? Or whatever you do with card. We just, sometimes we're flippant with what God gives to us, but the practice of writing it down and creating a history, something that we can actually begin to journal the, the words and the language with which God is at work in our lives. And again, not as, a, 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 not as an exercise in just being selfish and this is all about me, but so we can understand even more fully the good works that he's planned for us to, to continue with him in moving his kingdom out on the face of the earth. Okay? Are, are we okay? So, um, so one of the things that we just developed for that, this cool tool. If you go in the back, there's this table. There's a couple different versions of this. We're just calling it a masterpiece journal, okay? So this one right here is, we're calling it more of a student version, all right? It's in a binder. It's in a three-ring binder. And um, inside, you're going to have section dividers, okay? So there's going to be like legacy scriptures and prophetic words, and you're going to have dreams and testimonies and encouragement. And, and then you can, and, you know, places to talk about your spiritual gifts and how those outflow in your life. And there's some paper to write things down. And also in the back is a copy. There's a pouch where you can toss in notes that people give to you that maybe wrote something down for you or things that you collect over time or notes that you took. You can put it in here. There's also the printed version of this ebook that you can take a look at it, um, um, you can take a look at it at the back table if you like. But this is a cool version. Like it's a, it's like a chipboard finish. So if you have kids, this is a great thing for them to even be able to color themselves and make it their own. All right. And just over the course of time, it's one way. Okay, one way um, that you can actually have a single place where you're writing down some of this stuff. All right. So and then we have this other this other journal, uh, which is super cool. Um, but it's a Basically, it's a line journal. We also have some plain journals back there. Um, it's, it's a place where you can also write these down. It doesn't have the sections, but it's got a cool ribbon. It's got a rubber band. It's also got this pouch in the back that you can store stuff because it's important to be able to store stuff in here. But again, it's a place, a singular place where you can write these down. And some of you might not decide to do either of those. Maybe you're more digital and you have a file on your computer where you're tracking these things. Maybe you have another way you like doing these things. Maybe you already have a system that works for you. But we created a couple things um, that you can pick up, you can purchase in the back if you like, if you think that would be helpful. But the, 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 the thing is here, as a community, uh, this is really important for all of us growing in our identities and our destinies and actually taking up what God's given us, to actually have places so we can have a quick reference to the things that God has spoken to us that give us a unique 
uh, flavor and unique tastes in this world, all right? And so when we're in conversation and, and I'm asking, God, what, you know, what are, what are the scriptures that God's given you? What are the prophetic words or what are those things? Some of you, you have never experienced God like that and that sounds crazy and you don't even know where to start. That's okay too, okay? It starts with just building a friendship with Jesus and then asking him what he says and just begin to start writing it down. There is no formula to this. There is no um, getting it right or getting it wrong. It's just learning to be in a conversational dialogue with God, knowing that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And even as we end the service, we're going to have ministry teams up front here. These are certain people, like if, if you just have never experienced anything like that, God speaking to you, these are people that can pray with you about that and maybe God would show them something that would encourage you today. And every week during worship, we have some, some prayer groups in the back and our ministry team is there and they'd be happy to pray with you, maybe, maybe to share the heart of God with you. And that's something, again, you can, you can, you know, you might hear something and say, wow, that was right on. And other things are like, I don't know about that, but I'll pray about it. But this is the culture we're developing, a culture where God is speaking. You got it? Are we okay on this? Is this okay? Say, so, hey, let's stand together. We're ending our time here. Thanks for your patience. And I do want to speak very uh, quickly. Um, I just had a sense in prayer for this morning that some of you here, as, as we are dedicating the children, as we're praying for life, as we're talking about the sanctity of life, talking about being fearfully and wonderfully made, um, some of you are here this today to hear those words for that very reason here today. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to dismantle thoughts you have that belittle yourself or devalue yourself and thoughts that actually make you feel less than what you know that you're capable of or what your potential in Christ. And I believe God wants to speak to you this morning and, and just and let you know that he's searching your heart. He knows your heart. He knows you. And maybe you don't feel like you know him. Maybe you don't even feel like you know yourself, but I'm telling you, he knows you. And you feel out of place sometimes. It's okay. He knows you. And there's this invitation for, you know, today even. Don't even, that's something that's, if it's stirring in your heart, if you feel that in your heart, don't leave this place until you've responded to him. And maybe that just is staying in your seat and staying in his presence and praying. Some of you, it might be coming up front and actually receiving prayer from somebody else. But there's a window of opportunity for some people here this morning when it comes to believing a new thought about yourself in a new way. To not just have the knowledge of it, but, but to believe it. So Father God, I pray for each of us here, God, as, as we are taking another step into this, we thank you that each of us are your workmanship, Lord God. We thank you that we've been made, we've been created and then recreated in Christ Jesus to do the good things that you planned for us, Lord and I thank you that each of us have a part to play in your story. And so this morning, as we leave here, Lord God, I pray that you continue to speak and you continue to give us words and, and give us language to write down what it is you're saying. Help us to encourage one another and to call each other up in our unique identities as well. We thank you for a community that we can actually practice these things and do these things. I pray your blessing over us, Lord God, today as we go throughout the day. Father, help our hearts stay tender to your voice. 
God, help us keep our emotions in check during the game today and not lose our minds. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.